Hey guys, this is Creepers. I'm so happy you guys are joining us. It's the holiday oh. season. It's almost Christmas. Yay! <laughs> yeah, me and Moxie are here. And we're having fun and listening to Christmas music and all that good stuff. And um, so I have some really cool news to tell you guys. So um, there's going to be some Creepers books coming out soon. I don't know how soon, but kind of soon. And it's going to be a series and stuff. And um, I wanted to do you guys a Christmas episode, you know, for fun. And um, so this is not going to be a normal episode. This is going to be like a Christmas present from me, kind of. And but it's actually a story, which, you know, you hear a lot of stories on here. But if you like this episode, you'll probably like the books that are coming out. Actually, if you like this show, you'll like the books that are going to be coming out. Uh, the book series is going to be called Creepers. The first two books are going to be coming out. And one is Wally's Revenge about Wally the Vampire, and another one's called Yip at the Moon. I really think that if you like this show, you're going to like both of those books, if you like to read. Actually, um, I write for people that don't like to read. So actually, if you don't like to read, read a page or two and see if it hooks you. Because I'm a person that can't read all the time. Like, I get very distracted and I'm just thinking about other things. You know, I'll read ten pages of a book and I'm not actually reading it. And I'll be like, oh, terrific, I just did that. So I, I understand a lot of people don't like to read, and but I just wish books were more interesting. You know what I mean? That's how I feel. Um, so anyways, these books are written in mind for people that don't like to read. So even if you don't like to read, come check it out. The first book is going to be free. Um, it'll be a free ebook. so I hope you come grab one. Okay. Well, I want to get started with this Christmas episode. Yay! Okay, we're going to get started. But first, we're going to sing a song. Ready, Moxie? Okay. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Oh, Jesus, who is that? Trick or treat, trick or treat, trick or treat. Trick or treaty. Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, hey, what's up? Merry Christmas. Well, it's not Christmas yet, but almost Christmas. Yay. Trick or treaty. Wait, what? <laughs> Why are you saying trick-or-treat? It's almost Christmas. Happy 13-y! Extra Halloween-y! Wait, what do you mean, 13? It's your 13th episode! Wait, how do you know that? I listen to the show, you know, come on in. Trick-or-treat! Oh, I don't have a... I have... You want some candy canes? Here, here's oh, a candy cane. Oh, terrific! I love candy canes! What's that smell? Oh, we just made snickerdoodles. Do you want one? Yes, I love one! I love cookies. All kinds. Well, let me put them on a plate. Give me a second. Here you go. Here's a couple. Oh, these are great! So, tell me again what's going on. Happy 13 Extra halloween <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Well, where are you from? You know what? Uh, Never mind. I love this candy cane.
I guess that we will now, since you're here. Yeah, Moxie's into it. We could do like a Christmas and a extra Halloween-y thing, I think. Oh, great! You listen to the show. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I listen to every episode. Oh, that's cool. Hey, uh, could you, have you subscribed to the show? <laughs> no. Okay, oh, cool. Okay, could you subscribe? <laughs> or if you just like an episode or you could leave a comment, that would really help us out. These are good cookies. Awesome. So anyways, okay, we were going to sing a song. A Halloween-y song? No, um, a Christmas song, actually. Okay, I, I get it. Yeah, okay. We're gonna get started here. We're gonna start with the Christmas music again. All right. You too, Moxie. You get in on it. All right. One, two, three. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. Hotel. Kate slid the minivan two lanes across the icy road, hitting the curb, almost flipping the car over. She jerked the steering wheel in the other direction, patting softly on the brakes, and aimed into the turn. The car skidded and slowed until she finally regained control. The white flurries of snow were coming down almost too fast for her eyes to focus. She wanted to cry, but looked at the windshield that was already almost covered in snow flurries. It was coming down that fast. She had just turned off the engine, and it was already getting too cold to sit much longer. Reaching into the back seat, she grabbed her duffel bag and Justin's backpack. She unlatched his seat. Justin blinked slowly, rubbing his eyes. Honey, we're going to sleep in a hotel tonight. We'll go home tomorrow, she said. The wind whipped her hair against her cheeks like ice-pick needles. Kate got out of the car, bags tight in hand, and walked around getting Justin out of the passenger seat. He was not awake enough to walk, and she struggled carrying him inside, the straps of each bag slipping off her shoulder repeatedly. She carried him through the lobby, putting him down on a couch, 
close enough to watch him and rubbed her pink hands together, unable to warm them, as she stood at the check-in desk. The concierge was a heavy-set woman, maybe in her late 50s, with big red glasses that were so smudged, Kate wondered how the woman could see through them. Her name tag that hung perfectly aligned with her breast pocket said Roberta in big gold letters. She had a steaming cup of black coffee, lipstick outlined perfectly on the edge. Kate watched the woman's precarious movements, almost knocking the coffee over with each gesture. It's good you're off the road now. It's supposed to get a lot worse. Very dangerous, Roberta said, slapping the room key on the counter. There's fresh hot chocolate and coffee over there if you want to get warmed up. Hot chocolate? Justin popped his head up from the couch. Oh, no. Kate smiled. We're going right to sleep. I'm exhausted. Roberta, the concierge, nodded. Your room is 510. All the way at the top? Yes, we're fully booked tonight. Well, almost. You got one of the last rooms, and I bet we'll get a few more that can't drive on the road. I guess we got lucky then. She smiled, taking the key. Hot chocolate. I want some hot chocolate. Justin said, bouncing Alfred the doggy by the tips of his ears. Come on, honey, I got our room. Hot chocolate. Okay, just a little then, she said, getting a cup, filling it a third of the way, and handing it to him. Justin sipped for only a moment, and it was gone. I want some more hot chocolate, he said. We have to go to bed because we have to leave early tomorrow, Kate said. You want more, please? Kate took the doggy, putting her hand inside the bottom and into the mouth. Justin, we have to go to sleep now. It's bedtime, the doggy said in a small voice. I don't want to. <laughs> Justin laughed. The doggy laughed, tilting his head as he talked. <laughs> Justin, Justin, we have to go to bed. The doggy nipped his nose. Yum, it's bedtime. The doggy nipped his cheeks. Yum. Yum. It's bedtime. I don't want to. Do you want me to eat you? No, don't eat me. Yum. Don't bite me. The doggy nibbled his legs. No, don't bite me. Justin giggled, pulling the stuffed animal off her hand and bit its head. Kate tussled his hair. Okay, let's go to our room. He agreed this time, clutching his doggy. She grabbed his hand and they went into the elevators. She pushed five and Justin stared upwards at his reflection, waving to the mirrors on the ceiling. The doors opened, she walked out and he trailed behind as she counted the rooms. 506, 507, 508. A strangely tall man came down the hall, moving his attention to each door. He would stand there for a brief second and then go to the next and then the next and then the next. Coming closer, he did not look at Kate. 
until he was at 509. His clothing is what bothered her the most. As he had come closer, she tried not to stare, but it was impossible now. He wore a yellow knee-length raincoat and a pink-flowered woman's blouse underneath. On his feet were thong sandals, making her wonder how he could have been outside today without freezing his toes off. He was bald with no eyebrows, which shocked her. And he had on an old, tattered red trucker's hat that said Johnny's Bar, the brim pushed down low as if to cover his bright blue eyes that somehow seemed to be pulling her in like magnets. They were unnatural and almost fake looking. She instinctively yanked Justin up tightly into her arms and stood at room 508 without moving as he walked past. She turned nervously and now saw that he had a large metal canister strapped to his back, a thin rod clipped to the side. She waited until he turned down the hall to rush to her room and shut the door, locking it behind her. Justin jumped on the bed, making a safe landing on the couch next to it. Honey, where's your doggie? I don't know. Justin shrugged his shoulders, climbing on the bed. Wait right here, she said, inhaling deeply. Her muscles tight and exhausted, she slowly opened the door, looking both ways down the hall before jumping out. She saw the white, long-eared doggie by the elevator and walked briskly to get it, swooped down, picking it from the floor, and hurried back to the room, looking both ways before she touched the door. She didn't want that man to know what room they were staying in. Justin was jumping on the bed, messing up the covers now. All right, honey, almost bedtime. Get off the bed. No! Justin squealed, dropping down. He went into his bag, getting out a pair of sweatpants. Justin changed clothes, throwing his jacket and pants on the floor, and got under the covers. Mom, I don't want to go to sleep now. I want to watch TV with you. I'm going to go to bed in just a minute. I'm tired, Kate said, handing him the doggy, kissing his forehead. We can watch it for a little bit. She turned on the TV, knowing it was the fastest way to get her three-year-old to fall asleep. She took off her shoes and lay on the bed next to him, closing her eyes as she warmed up and relaxed. There was a knock at the door. The tacky gold clock on the bedside table told her it was after midnight, and at least an hour had passed since she had fallen asleep. She went to the door. There was no peephole. She closed the latch so that she could open it just enough to see who was there. She didn't really want to, but as the person knocked again louder, Justin turned to his side and was about to wake up again. She cracked the door, and one blue eye beamed a foot above her through the opening. I need to spray in your room. A low voice said in an odd accent that she had never heard before. Come back tomorrow. She whispered, I spray now. The man demanded, Come back tomorrow. The glassy blue eye intimidated her, and sheepishly she looked away and shut the door, locking it. She pressed her ear against it and listened as the man went to the next room and knocked. In the bathroom, she brushed her teeth quietly, half listening as the man talked to the couple in the next room over. She could hear that they let him inside. 
This was followed by an odd smell, something rotten like rotten fruit. It must be the spray, she thought. Then the couple said goodnight and thank you, and he went to the next room down the hall. Kate took one last, exhausted look in the mirror, focused on the dark circles under her eyes that would hopefully be gone by Monday when she returned to work. Tired enough to sleep again, she turned off the TV and changed. Getting back into bed, she fell asleep as her head sunk deep into the pillow. All she knew next was that she was definitely not dreaming. The TV must be on. She looked at it. The sound came again, and this time she knew what it was. A scream. But not a woman's scream. It was a man's scream. A visceral, vocal cord-tearing yowl from the depths of a man's throat. It was long and strained until it painfully tapered off. She looked at Justin. In the dark, she could see that he was still asleep. He was safe. That's all that mattered. (coughs) Against her better judgment, and empty of any thought other than to run towards that animal-like yelping, calling for help, Kate darted out of the room and into the hall. This did not surprise her. Kate was always a person that when something dangerous happened, she had an unwavering instinct to protect. She would protect and help anyone from anything rather than run in the other direction. She barreled down the hall towards the sound. It was more faint this time. The door to room 506 was open and she was smart enough to peek in before putting herself in more danger. Against the back wall, there was a mirror facing her, and without going in, she could smell the smell before her eyes adjusted in the dark. It was wet tin that had just been rained on, that metallic smell. The fear leapt up in her throat before she could see. She felt like she was choking. On the bed, the sheets were pulled, revealing a man lying on his back, one leg off the side. The middle of him was torn apart, and he had hose-like entrails hanging out of his belly. She looked down at the floor. At what she couldn't understand at first was an arm, just an arm. She was sure there was a woman somewhere inside the room, the one that called for help, but her animal instinct now told her to run. Her feet were too heavy and stuck to the floor. Kate's fight instinct now distant. She was frozen and took tiny steps backwards. As she reached for the wall, she watched her reflection again as she cupped her mouth. And then something caught her attention to the side. Down the hall, she now noticed that all the doors were open leading to the elevator. She could hear something coming from one of the rooms. She jumped in the doorway, unable to focus herself inside the darkness, shared with a dead body and arm that was only a footstep away. Trembling, she watched, unable to breathe. Three rooms down, the blue-eyed man stepped out, gripping a machete with a bloody hand, turning away from her, hurrying down the hall and went around the corner. Kate's legs flew, She got to her room, yanked Justin out of bed, and ran back out into the hall. 
There was an exit. She raced, looking behind her again and again as she finally reached the door to the stairwell. She yanked it, hurting her hand. The handle was stuck. She pushed harder and harder, realizing it was locked. She squealed and darted to the elevator. Each step on her toes were effortless. She flew, gasping heavy breaths, her eyes focused on the corner, clenching her teeth. Please don't come. Please don't come back. Kate jammed the elevator button. Nothing. It did not light up. Something was wrong. The lights went out. It was almost pitch dark, except for what light came through the window at the end of the hall, but it wasn't enough to see where she was going. She ran back to the room with her arm sliding against the wall as it hit each doorway she counted. Whack! 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 508! Whack! 510! Justin, heavy in one arm, her heart pounded. She locked the door and put him on the bed and told him to be quiet. In the darkness, Kate hurried to the dresser, feeling along the wall until she ran into it, stubbing her toe. She dragged it across the floor and started a barricade that included every piece of furniture in the room. Justin got out of bed as she went to the phone. Feeling the numbers, she dialed 911. 911, what's your emergency? The lady on the other end was cut off. Kate squealed and grabbed Justin tightly, pulling him close. Her voice shook softly. It's gonna be okay. Don't talk. We're gonna play the silent game. She whispered, wiping tears, bent down to him, squeezing his shoulders. Don't talk for the rest of the night, and I promise, tomorrow I'll, I'll take you to Chuck E. Cheese. She handed him his doggy and could see only his silhouette, but could tell that he was happy and not scared. She went to the window, opening the curtains. The ice flurries were coming down faster now, and the road was white with snow. They were five stories up. Five stories. What the hell was she going to do? There was a knock at the door. Kate went to Justin and cupped his mouth. She shook her head and whispered, Don't talk. Justin nodded, holding his doggy tightly up against his chest. They stood there silently as there was another knock rattling at the door. I come in. The blue-eyed man demanded, I come in now! Kate stepped in front of Justin, not really knowing what to do next. She hid him under the bed and stood in the bathroom just by the door. She was breathing so hard now, she wondered if she might pass out when she saw something she wasn't sure of. She couldn't see well, but the furniture seemed to be shaking on its own. I come in now! The man yelled. The furniture was sliding across the carpet. The dresser hobbled back towards the window. She looked at the door. It wasn't opening. The furniture had gone far enough back for the door to open. Kate stared in disbelief, gritting her teeth. The lock turned and the door opened. Red flashing beams flew into the black room. The hall was flashing red and plumes of fog crept in and rolled up to the ceiling, filling the room. Then there was the shadow. The long blade of the machete hung low, and the man walked inside. In the darkness and red flashing light that reflected vibrant off the metal canister on his back, 
She could only focus on his blue eyes that found her as he came in the room. Come here! He commanded. He reached for her. Kate jerked her arm, pushing past him and into the hall. Red lights were blinking and hypnotic burst. Thick clouds of rotten-smelling fog covered the ceiling and crept down to the floor. She could only see the flashing red lights along the corridor, reflecting on the rank clouds as she fumbled, dizzy. She was about to pass out. Come here! The man shouted, bounding after her. Kate turned and watched him pacing closer. She crouched down inside an open doorway. The floor shook violently. Someone was running from the other end of the hall. A man in a bathrobe rushed past her screaming. He stopped just as he saw the tall blue-eyed man through the fog. He stood there arching his back, ready to lunge at the giant holding the machete. Kate was ready to lunge too, if he could get the man down, or she would at least help to fight him off. The two men stood there waiting to see who would strike first. Kate was no longer crouching down, but ready to pounce up. The man in the bathrobe hunched just a little further and in a jolt thrust his whole body forward. Something sprung out of the next room, smashing him against the wall. The red light beams flashed upon the man, and the thing fluttering on top of him, it was the size of a large dog, and had long arms that scuttled across his chest, slashing it open. The man screamed as his stomach spilled out. The creature pushed out a long tongue that licked a hole gaping from the man's torso and scooped out the insides. Eating the entrails, the monster leapt back into the darkness of the room. The blue-eyed man followed, plucking the tiny metal rod from the tank strapped to his back. The room exploded with sounds of bursting furniture, something heavy being thrown against the cabinets in the bathroom. The creature scuttled out the door on the wall. It shot to the other side. Feet twitched as it scurried sideways, dragging three legs. They spread an arm's length behind. The blue-eyed man came out of the room, limping towards it. The creature whipped around, hissing rows of jagged fangs, and raised four crab claws, snapping towards him. He aimed the long rod. The monster advanced, and the rod spewed a green, foaming goo that constricted the monster as it tumbled off the wall. Falling to the floor, it convulsed, twitching all ten of its long, willowy legs. The goo on the wall fizzed and popped and melted into the wallpaper, which disintegrated, exposing the wood underneath. The carpet smoked as the goo consumed the floor. Kate looked at the hole and could see to the next level down. The blue-eyed man went further down the hall, entering the next room. There was a woman lying on her back near the window. He turned her over. Her face was a gaping hole. The blue-eyed man walked back to the door and shut it. Why did you shut the door? I keep it in here. How do do you know it's in, in here? I can smell. The man said. He went in the bathroom and sprayed the foam in a zigzag motion and closed the bathroom door. He came out and put foam all along the baseboard, then lifted the bed skirts spraying underneath. Kate stood paralyzed. He looked at her. She trembled, gaping up at the darkest corner of the room. He turned and sprayed upwards. 
The creature leapt down to the bed. Kate ran to the other side as it hopped up towards her. He whacked it with the machete, cutting it clean in half. The walls bubbled as the goo soaked in foaming holes to the outside. Snow flurries blew into the room. She shivered. She came towards him, stepping on a long stick leg that broke under her bare foot. The other half of the bug corpse became animated and tackled her leg, fighting down. The man grabbed it with his hands and began breaking each leg off the half torso. One leg twitched as he grabbed it, trying to yank it off. Another leg stabbed him in the eye. The man shook and then dropped to the ground, foaming at the mouth. Kate ripped the machete out of his tightly gripped fist and whacked the creature's legs to splinters until they stopped moving. She rolled the blue-eyed man over and took the tin off his back, putting it on hers, pointed the rod at the monster's twitching torso, dragging itself along the floor, and sprayed the goo covering it until it dissolved. Holding her nose, the rotten stench was unbearable. She looked back at the man who laid there unmoving, needle legs stuck in his eye. She left and closed the door behind her. The red lights flashed as she made her way down the hall. She got to room 510 and rushed inside, shutting the door. Justin! She shrieked. Down here, Mommy! She heard a small voice from under the bed. Justin crawled out, holding his doggy tightly as he wiped the wetness from his eyes. It's okay, honey. We're going to leave right now. In the dark, she could only see the silhouette of one long stick leg and then another penning its claws onto Justin's shirt as it emerged from the bottom of Alfred the doggie.